0: happened last night you find out the morning after let's do this thing
1: all right let's roll the morning after the countdown is on the national football league regular season is uh, nearly upon us the holdouts are ending the contracts are being signed the bets are being placed it's go time it's a go time uh, Tom uh, Thayer will step up and uh, join us, former Chicago Bears Super Bowl champion uh, with the Chicago uh, Bears, the 1985 Chicago Bears. They kicked the crap out of the New England Patriots in, a, in an era of NFL football that I enjoyed a lot more. And I'm not not because, oh, it's old school and it was better and all that type of stuff. You know why, Joe Ranieri, and good to have you back, Joe, you know why I enjoyed that era better? Because the New England Patriots were irrelevant and they sucked. And they went to their first ever Super Bowl and they got smacked like 46-10. And we never heard of them again. There was no obnoxious jackass Patriot fan. Um, And uh, life was good as we knew it. The Patriots were a laughing stock. I mean, listen, you're a Jet fan. Yeah, as a Bill fan, my whole life, like the Dolphins have always been a pain in the ass, you know. They were good in the seventies. Yeah. Then Dan Marino and then you know, you know, the Jets used to piss me off. You know, the Patriots were kind of irrelevant. Like they were so bad I, I didn't mind them. It was like, Yeah, I like Steve Grogan. He's a nice guy. Uh what's up, Joe? <laughs> Andre Tippett. He it was a yeah. nice guy. You know, you rooted for him. but Yeah, like, Irving you know, Fryer. That's what I'm saying. I didn't hate those guys. I was like, you know, I don't mind they do well. They're... It was never like, oh, God, we're playing the Patriots this week. Is a Bill's fan? I was like, yeah, whatever. We're playing the Patriots. You
2: know, like... <laughs> they were likable. More likable than they ever are oh, today. Yeah, 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 dude, sure.
1: growing up, one of my favorite players was Sam Cunningham. Ooh. Sam Bam Cunningham, who was the running back of the Patriots mm-hmm. in like the late 70s, early 80s. Like you said, Andre Tippett, Irving Fryer. Yeah. Uh, what was the other guy? Was it Stanley Morgan? Stanley Morgan. <laughs> Stanley <Yes>. Morgan. <laughs> uh, remember they hired the coach of Syracuse, Dick McPherson. Like, Dick McPherson. Yes, that's guys, if You don't understand if you're young. The Patriots used to be a crap fest. All right. Like it was a circus. Different owners, new coaches all the time, no fans. (laughs) Uh, I I long for those days again. Good times.
3: times.
1: Morning After continues.
4: Message and data rates may apply.
5: Hi, I'm Frank Thomas, the Big Hurt. After I left baseball, I just couldn't stay in shape like I used to. Turns out, once you hit 40... To get your complimentary bottle, text YOUTH to 321321. That's Y-O-U-T-H to 321321.
6: Money Now 100 is not a lender, broker, or agent of any lender or financial advisor. We do not make loans or credit decisions. You must be 18 years or older and a U.S. resident to qualify. This is not an offer or solicitation to lend. I went to MoneyNow100.com and got the $5,000 I needed deposited in my account the next business day. If you need money for any reason, help is here. tablet or computer type in the address bar money now 100.com that's money now the number 100.com
8: 400 four, 435 four, 888-400-0435. Andro400.com.
1: Song. Eh, not sure uh, about the appropriateness of this song. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking, Like <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. Let's play Rocky like a hurricane.
2: Yeah, exactly. Good stuff.
1: Uh, well, don't forget, this is the same crew that. Uh, <laughs> this is the same crew. What band did we have on? Oh, wow. It's a pretty big uh, band too. They sold like 100 million records. <laughs>
2: we didn't play their song though. Coming in. <laughs>
1: yeah, I said like I I, remember cause I said yeah these guys sold 70 million records. They're like oh sorry it's actually 100. Uh, yeah, nice British guys. Yes. Yeah, UB40. UB. 40. <laughs> nice British blokes. Yeah, UB40. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same crew that did play Nirvana. We'd have uh still like I don't know. Good point. <laughs> now let me ask you actually. And you know, I, I'm not really sure. Did you guys play rock like a hurricane because there are hurricanes going, on? or was that just random? Or were you taking a pot shot at Joe? Like, what? Which was? Yeah. Was it just random?
0: Not exactly, but it's not as sinister as it. Sounds. Yeah, was it wasn't menacing. It, it wasn't a menacing what? thing. It you- was actually more like. More like, I'm glad, Joe, that you're safe. I mean, unfortunately, the Bahamas, not the same issue. Um, yeah. You know, and, like, the thing is, like, I was worrying about my parents who are on the west side of Florida who could have gotten, you know, some court, some sort of uh, issue here. So, mm. it, you know, it was a little bit more like uh, a not so, so – uh, I don't know how to explain it but so I it was
2: a screw you Dorian kind of situation Yeah, you're it? standing Thank up to you. it.
0: Yeah, Thank yeah. You. Right. There Thank you. you. And so like the,
1: the terrorists. you you're not, not going to stop the way of life, right? Like, like no, you're like, right. yeah, exactly. Hell We're listening right. to the Scorpion Screw You.
0: Yep. <laughs> keep listening to that
1: song. <laughs> um no, no. And you know what? Cuz I just figured like Bavona's pretty good at that of uh, like current events and music. Mm-hmm. Like so I was like, yeah, so I just wanted to know like the yeah, uh, the um the motive. <laughs> was it like, ah, hi, Harry, hey Hurricanes?
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, well wasn't. done.
1: Yeah, just <laughs> well done. And this is a true story, actually, because you figure, nah, like that, that wouldn't happen. But when I lived in Hollywood, I used to live in Hollywood in the in the '80s, late '80s. All right, uh, I was in a metal band and living a crazy life and stuff like that. But Hollywood, well, Hollywood's always LA's nuts, but all you know is the prime Hollywood kind of in that era, and. um there was this dude, man, he was going to jump off the building and uh, commit suicide, jump off uh, jump off this building. And there was, like, people gathered and everything. And lo and behold, man, some dude rolled up in, like, a convertible, bro. And, oh, no. yeah, as everyone's watching, and it was, like, right out of, a, like, a movie-type thing, people are, like, and people are jerks, right? Just do it! And, like, jump! Like, people are, like... <laughs> Late '80s Hollywood, people weren't very nice, Joe. So, (laughs) some dude rolls up and just cranks it up. Might as well jump, jump. Except for the whole song, everyone's laughing it up. Can you uh, jump? Can you believe it? Played. People. like yeah yeah so like when we hear like uh society's at a new low now no no it was always low joe <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no it's la people <laughs> it's like uh it's like sports now we say ah, oh, you know in the old days they respected each other my grandfather played hockey in the in the 30s and in the 40s and uh he's like we didn't respect each other we hit each other over the head with sticks he's like it was crazier then because there's no cameras though like you know I'm close
2: to the guy for having the 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 you know what do you have an eight track at the time uh, ready to rock and
1: roll? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, cassettes. Well done. The cassettes. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Well, jump came out in uh, 1984.
2: Eighty, right? So, right around then.
1: And uh, yeah, so I was there. Uh, could have been on the radio actually. It might have been just like timing. Oh, perfect. Could have been on the radio. I think this this probably happened like uh, 1989. I actually watched Scott Norwood's uh, miss the field goal. In um, in Hollywood, uh, the Bills uh, Bills Giants, late '80s, was, early '90s. Nice. Yeah, that was 1990, that one. I guess the first one. Um, so yeah, nevertheless, football is back, and I found it interesting that uh, that Sean uh, brought up the fact that 39% of NFL quote fans uh, bet uh, on it, and let's be real. I mean, it's not as if though anybody ever didn't know this. I mean, that the NFL, more than any other sport, is driven by gambling. Mm. Like, it's actually a problem. Like, if you were the NFL. Like, if you were to take away the veneer, like, that's why their hypocrisy is, you know, comical when it comes to, uh, to gaming issues, the NFL. And we'll get into that. But, like, put it this way. Like, baseball. How many people in a baseball game have money on a game, Joe? Five yeah. percent, you know yeah. what I'm saying? A couple of, right. let's say you eat, you know, a couple of guys in each section, you know, in certain cities more. I'm sure you go to a Met or Yankee game. There's dudes with money on the game, but it's not the driving factor. There are long life baseball fans. you know, the old man, it still fills out the scorecard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the families, um, you know, teenage boyfriend girlfriend. You know what I mean? The school trip. Like there's, yep. baseball isn't driven. By the degenerate gambler. The NBA wants to be, which is interesting. The NBA is like, yeah, 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 we want you. Come on, like gamble more, right? Uh, like the NBA is a combination of teenagers love the NBA. It's the hippest league. The degenerate gamblers love to bet on the NBA. Basketball, you know, betting's a big part of the NBA. But the shoe culture is sort of a bigger part of it. The NBA mm-hmm. is like a way of life, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like a culture. The NFL is not a way of life or a culture. The players that play in the league hate the league. <laughs> like they all admit, I do not want to play this sport. If I would, mm-hmm. I'd, be, I'd be playing basketball if I could, right? Um, hockey, dude. People bet hockey a lot in Canada, Joe. They play the parlays, you know, the the, the you can play parlays at the corner store and stuff at 7-Eleven, right. but People like would watch hockey if their house is on fire in Canada, mm-hmm. right? So it's like sort of like it's sort of like saying, do they like soccer in England? Yeah. Do they bet on it? Yeah. Do they, you know, do they like it anyways? Yeah. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, but you can't argue this. Like, if anyone has an argument against me, tell me that Thursday League, it's not driven by gambling and fantasy as much as the NFL, as so mm. much so that we hear 39%. All right, take away 39 freaking percent, bro. Mm -hmm. So, if there's there's 60,000 people in a stadium, suddenly there's 45. Suddenly there's 42. You know what? Every NFL stadium suddenly looks like a Tampa Bay Buccaneer game, Joe. Mm Mm-hmm
2: exactly it and I, and i think that, that number is even low cuz i think there's a certain percentage of people who won't admit that they gamble for whatever reason um you know with the stigma that might be attached to it from the 1950s so they're just going to be like <laughs> i don't bet but i i think that number is well over 50% well over 50%
1: like when okay like the nfl is back now like what's the number one thing like you know you're looking forward to joe is it you know, I can't wait to see MetLife Stadium on TV and see the Jets on TV. And I'm sure you look forward to seeing the Jets play. Mm-hmm. But what's the thing? You know, I speak, I can't put words in. Speaking for myself, I know waking up on Sunday morning, it's the bet. It's words. the bet. It's <laughs> not one game. It's the whole NFL games. That's I mean, like we're all fans of one NFL team, but we all talk about every damn game all the time. Right. You know, I'm a Raptor fan. If I wasn't doing this job, do we talk about Utah Jazz games? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, Utah Jazz fans don't talk about, oh, yeah, you believe what the Pacers are doing? And what do you think about the Pacer game? And what, what, what about this? What about Thursday night basketball? NFL fans know as much about every team as they do their own team. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not, it's the, like, you wake up in the morning on a Sunday and you got that butterfly rush. It's great. To me, that's what's great about the NFL. You wake up on that Sunday morning. And it feels to me, it's like the first day of March Madness. It's that Thursday. Like, to me, yep. that's the allure. Am I going to make $7,000 today? Man, am I going to go 0-6? Am I going to go 6-0? and 0? Yeah, and uh, did the Bills win? Oh, yeah, all right. What about my yep. bets? You know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, I hope the yep. Bills
1: win. Mm-hmm. But the Bills players are going to the club and getting laid and getting paid anyways. I got my own problems to worry about. And I tell you what, when it's time to pay the rent...
2: Have over to FanDuel.com forward slash grid. You'll receive a free bet of up to 500 bucks. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com forward slash grid. You've got point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, in-game wagering. Whether it's college or pro sports, you're in control. It's FanDuel.com forward slash grid. Open your new account, claim your free wager, get $500, and do it today. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See the website for details.
1: Uh, thanks, uh, Joe. Um, so, uh, if, you, if you're if you unaware, uh, Zeke Elliott becomes the highest-paid running back uh, in the NFL, sort of, kind of. All these deals are, you know... They're always in, you know, the the, the uh, devil is, uh, the deals, the details are the devil's details, uh, so to speak. Literally and figuratively in, in the NFL. And so he gets $50 million guaranteed. She freaking good. But is it? You know, Jared Goff just got $110 million. Like, this whole thing was dumb in which nobody really got anything out of this at... I don't think Jerry Jones cared the whole time. I think he figured, well, whatever. I don't care if Zeke Elliott's in camp. This way he won't get hurt. Uh, Zeke Elliott really didn't want to be in camp. So uh, this is one of these deals. I don't know if you remember the story. You remember the Us Festival, Joe? It was the music mm-hmm. festival. It was, you know, real cool. Mm-hmm. And um, Van Halen, Van Halen uh, found out that, like, uh, David Bowie was getting, like, yes. a, a million dollars. Yep. And they were like, you know what, this is this is unacceptable. And they did this at the last second, guys. They found out. They were like, what? He's getting a million dollars. And there was somebody else that got a million dollars. And Van Halen told the promoters, um, we're not playing unless we're the highest paid act on this card. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, God. So what do you guys want? And they were like, one million dollars, one cent. <laughs> Van Halen Van Halen basically wanted to say yeah we were the highest paid band they didn't like it wasn't yeah yeah we want 2 million now it was one million million so it seems to me that Zeke Elliott was sort of tricked into yeah yeah you're the highest paid back now I don't know Joe is it just me or like 6 years 90 million dollars I'm not a mathematician bro but isn't that only $15 million a year?
2: Yeah, that's
1: absolutely correct. So, you're I, I, telling for six years. So, you're telling me that in two years, when there's some other, when Saquon Barkley signs a deal for $22 million, Elliot's Elliott's not going to bitch again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, this is, you know, basically they just, this was like a shut up. Like, Jerry Jones won this in the end, bro. He's like, here's 90, $50 million guaranteed. Now, shut up. You can't bitch for the next six years. <laughs>
2: exactly. Which, exactly.
1: Which Jerry knows he will, but he probably figures, you know what? In three, four years, I won't care. Yeah, man. Jerry Jones would be like, he already got the 50. I don't care. To me, Jerry Jones wins. I've got no criticism of any of this, really. I never really had any real hot takes as far as this whole saga. You know, Joe, I said from day one, Jerry Jones takes care of people, and he'll be there. He doesn't want to be in camp. Mm. Like, to me, this is like an ESPN manufactured. Oh, like, remember, and Zeke's not on the plane to Carlsbad. And nobody thought he would be. Mm. Right? To me, it was an ESPN manufactured saga for, you know, because there was nothing to talk about. No shock. I'm glad he's back, only because the point spread is climbing, and I like the Giants on Sunday.
2: I'm with you. But why, if you're Jerry Jones, why do you allow the distraction and all of that from ESPN and every reporter? in camp? If you were going to give him what he wanted anyway, why not just do it, Gabe? Why bring all of that aggravation and distraction to the entire camp there? Why have other guys have to answer questions about it?
1: I can't fully answer and speak for them, but I believe that he's playing 4-D chess with this stuff there's a motive and a reason is he sending signals to somebody else um did you know is he for you know it's sort of it's like politics or like you know what i mean or or like war start a fire here you know i'll tell you what he took a hell of a lot of pressure off the rest of his football team yeah that he did you know what i'm saying new new coordinator garrett nobody's talking about you know I don't know. I can't get in the guy's head, Joe. The guy's a billionaire. He's smarter than you and me, right? Right. And you don't think that that came across, that he would think, I don't want the distraction? Right. There had to be a yeah, but on the plus side, right, on the plus side of this, I I don't know. Like, I I can't Mm. speak for it, but I don't think it was a distraction with the team. You know, I don't think – I think they all knew what was going to happen. I mean, he was under contract for two years, Joe. He had no leverage. Right, <laughs> exactly. I think Jerry exactly. was just pissed off the way it happened. And really, when I say pissed off, I don't even know. I mean, this, yeah. this whole story was just stupid. I think we could agree on that. <laughs>
2: Well, it was, but I also think, Jerry, it's interesting because he ended up signing everybody else, and Zeke was the last. So maybe that was the message where, you know what? He took care of Lyle Collins. He took care of all the guys, and then Zeke finally – he wasn't going to take care of Zeke first. He was always going to yes, take care of yes, Zeke last. exactly. And send a message. I yeah. rewarded the guys that have been good to the organization, have stayed out of trouble. You can't send that message by giving Zeke what he wanted first weekend.
1: All right, so I'm, I'm looking up- here – at Le'Veon Bell's contract, he, get, he got a guaranteed $35 million. Mm-hmm. So $15 million less, $52.5 million. But how long is Le'Veon Bell's contract? Isn't it like four years? Three or, three three or three? four years. I think it was three years. Yeah, I'm thinking three off the top of my head as well. Right. Uh, he signed. Oh, no, it's four. It's four. All right, so it worked out to 13.125. Gurley gets 14.375. Mm-hmm. So now Zeke's getting 15. I actually thought both Bell and Gurley were a little higher paid than this. I thought I thought Gurley was closer to like 17 and stuff, and Gurley was the highest paid back. That was a fact. Yeah. So Zeke... You know, and another thing is, one thing I'll give these guys credit for, even though I don't think they're doing it for others, but they just sort of bumped that market up to 15 now for a running back,
0: right? Right.
1: right. Like, and it's all about progress and just, you know, Odell Beckham tried, if you remember. Odell was like, I should get $20 million a year as a wide receiver. And he, yep. he brought up, why would the quarterback make more? We're, we're, we're partners. And the league wasn't going to go for that, but... They kind of are now. Mm. You know, it takes somebody. You know what I mean? Like, and honestly, Le'Veon Bell set the table for Zeke Elliott. I bet you, like, they there was a text, you know, thanks, bro, for doing what you did last year, right? That's correct. And, you know, Melvin Gordon brought that up. He said, Le'Veon Bell did this, and Le'Veon Bell's very supportive of Melvin Gordon now about this. And hey, well, we can get into Melvin Gordon about, what you know? There's there's rumor that there's a there's uh, a team that's interested in Melvin Gordon now. Mm. That there's uh, the Chargers want a first round draft pick in exchange. They'll give you Gordon for a first round pick. But the problem is, then you've got to deal with Gordon. Right. So it's not just hey, we get Gordon for a first round pick. Fine. It's like no, 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 no. But he's a free agent after the year, and he mm-hmm. wants to sign a long term deal. He's not running the football for you for one year. That's exactly. the whole point. Like, yep. that was the whole point with the Chargers. He said, I'm not doing this for one year. Mm-hmm. Then they said, no, we'll give you an extension, $10 million a year. So I ask you, Joe. Mm-hmm. Listen, I got into it with people on Twitter. Pro football uh, talk is saying that Melvin Gordon is not worth it. Um, I'll get your take. I'll give you mine. But what do you think of Melvin Gordon turning down $10 million a year from the Chargers?
2: Uh, well, it's a it's a risk. I, I think he's got to do it to protect his value and his worth, because listen, if, if nobody if you're not looking out for yourself, nobody else in the NFL is going to look out for you. So I I give it to him. But if he's will he's got to be willing to take this to the end. He's got to be willing to sit out or at least until the Chargers realize their running backs aren't as good as they think they are currently on the roster or another one of these teams that might be interested in him. Ends up getting hurt within the first or second week. That's the only way leverage is going to swing back to Melvin Gordon is if the need has to be filled. And you know, I give him credit, but 10 million, he can always go back there, I think, and agree to 10 million. I don't think that door is closed with uh, uh, with them. I think he's just trying to push the envelope now and see what he can get.
1: Um, but don't you get the feeling, at least I do, that Melvin Gordon? Like, we all knew that Elliot was not going to screw around. We all knew this. You know what I mean? We yeah. all knew. Right. Elliot, Elliot has two years left. He could be franchise tacked for another two. It was four years of screwdom. Like, mm-hmm. he had no choice, Elliot. And they worked it out. And, you know, I mean? we, we all knew that they would. I get the feeling Gordon's not going back, bro. Mm. I get the feeling that Gordon is insulted by Phillip Rivers' comments. Oof. Just like Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, I called this to a last year. I remember when Le'Veon Bell, when the offensive line came out and ripped him. <laughs> and right. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, that'll be it. Le'Veon Bell. And Le'Veon Bell brought it up. He goes, you know, I was planning on going back. And I was always thought of myself as a stealer. But he goes, you know, when the players on the team started turning on me, <laughs> you know Melvin Gordon was- heard what Phillip Rivers said. Rivers right yep. out of the gate. Well, we're pretty deep. I'm not really sure we need them. All right, Phil, we'll see. For all you Mm -hmm. fantasy players, like you said, Joe, for all you people, oh, yeah, 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 Justin Jackson and Eckert, yeah, there might be little cute late fantasy picks. In reality, they ain't scaring any defensive coordinator. (laughs) And we'll tell you about how damn good Melvin Gordon is uh, when we come back after. But when we come back, we're talking Bears football, Bears-Packers. Yes. Super Bowl champion. Up there will join us. Or...
0: your story. Go to gamefacegrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs.
1: That morning after continues. I'm Renzi. Midtown Manhattan, New York. Joe Raneri is in Miami, Florida. Countdown is on, the start of the National Football League regular season, cannot get here soon enough, and the NFL is opening up old school uh, styles, the NFL's oldest rivalry uh, takes uh, center stage in the Windy City, although the uh, the roles have changed a little bit, as uh, over recent years, the Green Bay Packers were normally the team to beat in this division, Aaron Rodgers, uh, was the focal point. Uh, now we focus on a, a 12-win Chicago uh, Bear team looking to defend uh, their division title. Let's bring in a, a Super Bowl champion with the Chicago uh, Bears. And uh, currently their uh, their uh, radio analyst, Tom Thayer, steps up and joins us. Tom, good morning. Thank you for taking the time to be with us.
12: Hey, I appreciate you guys having me. Looking forward to the game.
1: Well, you know what? As we get older, and uh, you know, I know it was recently your birthday, I belated a happy birthday, and it was mine as well. In August, And this is the really Tom, you know, and I'm kind of a bitter jaded man at this point, but I get that kid like feeling, you know, the day before, man, before the season is back. It's, it's just that special feeling. And I, I imagine like, you know, as a player, as a broadcaster, as a fan, everybody just sort of has like, let's just do this thing. It's football time.
12: Yeah, you know, I think Khalil Mack said it the best a couple of days ago in one of his last interviews that he's so sick and tired of hitting his own teammates, it's about time they start the season and give everybody a chance to hit somebody else. And that's kind of the sentiment of every guy every year in anticipation of the start of the football season. And, yeah, we've seen a lot of differences in the preseason, and, you know, it's we're not seeing the starters or the stars playing the games anymore. It's more of their efforts and practices that they're – kind of tired of and now it is judgment day because for everything they were able to avoid in the preseason in terms of evaluation and play now it starts and that strict evaluation is going to start because the stars are going to be the main focus and the main story
1: one thing that catches my eye about this game when i'm looking at it there's been so much talk about well no one knows what to expect from kingsbury's offense in arizona on sunday against the detroit lions i we can sort of say the same thing with coach lafleur now can't we Uh, Tom, in a sense, they didn't show anything in the preseason. Uh, LaFleur was the offensive coordinator. Tennessee but completely different personnel, different scenario, different type of talent. Uh, Tennessee doesn't have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I'm very curious to see this new look Packer offense. I mean, they ran a Super Bowl winning coach out of town because they thought it was too vanilla. So you expect they're bringing something to the table. And conversely, Chuck Pagano takes over. Um, a new scheme for the Bears uh, defense. Oh, you know, how, how do these matchups intrigue you? What are you expecting for the Packers uh, offense?
12: You know, the, the one constant here is Aaron Rodgers, because the coaches aren't going to step on the field. They're not going to get in a stance, and they're not going to run around. And to me, Aaron Rodgers is still the best quarterback in the NFL, and he's the best player in the NFC North. So, uh, no matter what talent the Bears have, I always have respect and fear of Aaron Rodgers because he's such a great player. And, you know, Kingsbury in Arizona, he's trying to develop uh, Kyler Murray to see if he can really turn into an NFL quarterback. Everybody knows that Aaron Rodgers is a great NFL quarterback. So. um you know and he's the type of guy that's he's intelligent enough to learn a new system he's got the arm talent to put the ball anywhere needed in order to get it to the receivers running back whomever's out in a route so that's the that's going to be the great you know challenge of this game is the defensive personnel up to the challenge of what Aaron Rodgers is going to deliver and um i you know when they talk about a new coach in green bay we've seen that happen time and time again but you know, with the greatness that you guys have had at quarterback over the last 20-something years with Favre and Aaron Rodgers, it seems, uh, you know, that's, that's always the most intriguing portion of the Packers when you play them in Green Bay or play them here in Chicago.
2: And, Tom, I listen, a lot of hype around David Montgomery. I know a lot of guys saying some great things and are looking forward to seeing how he gets unleashed in Nagy's offense. It's kind of a nice one-two punch there with Cohen and Montgomery.
12: But how surprised were you about what this kid showed in the preseason? Really surprised. Um, You know, first of all, his dedication um, to the offseason, to OTAs, to minicamp, to the weight room to, you know, the what you need to do in in order to uh, uh, be able to absorb the abuse of the regular season. And then his ability to pick up blitzes, how creative he is with his vision on the interior of the offensive line and running the ball, how well he catches the ball. But you know, one thing about Matt Nagy, he's never looking for a one-back offense. You know, you, they've got Mike Davis from the Seattle Seahawks as a free agent. They have Tariq Cohen. Now they have Montgomery. So it's... You know, you're never going to have so much pressure on Montgomery to be the success of the running game. It's going to be about how he fits in with the entirety of the offensive game plan. But um, it's going to be intriguing to watch Montgomery. I don't know how many carries he'll get, how many times he'll touch the ball. But when he does, I think that he's got a great future ahead of him in the NFL.
1: Um, We're in conversation with Super Bowl champion uh, Tom Thayer. So, uh, Tom, let's talk about Mitch Trubisky and his development and what you expect uh, from him uh, this year. He seems to be a polarizing quarterback, at least from an outside uh, perspective. I don't think a lot of people realize how athletic he is. I saw an interview with Lawson on on the Bengals, the rookie from last year, and the kid ended up with like eight and a half sacks, and he was on the NFL Network, and they asked him, who was the easiest quarterback in the league to sack when you played him? And he said he sacked Rodgers a couple of times, and he said, no disrespect to Rodgers, but there's their plays take a long time to develop. And he said, I, I was able to get there. He said, when we played Trubisky, he said, man, the dude's big. He's fast. They get rid of the ball quickly. Um, it seems like there's a respect factor with players. And when I see Trubisky, I'm like, man, look at that bullet he just threw. Um, I mean, he makes some really athletic plays. I, uh, I still think there's a ton of upside with him right now. People forget he only played 13 games in college. What are you expecting uh, from him this year, and what is he going to add to the offense, Tom?
12: You know, he understands the offense a lot better than he did a year ago. It's the first time in four years that he's been in the same offense two years in a row, and I think that helps any quarterback because you, it's e- not easy, but you can say the terminology within the huddle, but do you have to know how it exactly fits the other ten guys in the huddle, and that's where Mitch has improved the most. Now, if he can go out there and trust what he's saying, and if he can have trust and faith in his arm and his ability to get to the ball of the receiver, his upside is tremendous because he has that RPO portion of the offense now, and if a player gets out of position, he's got the willingness to keep it, he's really creative with his feet, and he runs the ball really well, and it puts a lot of stress on the edges of any defense. Um, So um, he really – and he's got – as Matt Nagy says, a buffet of weapons from Patterson to Alan Robinson to Tariq Cohen, to Adam Shaheen, to Taylor Gabriel. And then we mentioned the running back position. So there's all kinds of weapons he has the the ability to use out there. But the, the, I think the key ingredient here, just like I think the future of the Green Bay Packers going forward, you're really fortunate when you have an offensive-minded head coach that's developing the quarterback position because, They're going to be together for a period of time, and the longer Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky are together, I I, I think that Mitchell Trubisky's improvement will continue for years to come. You're not going to see the best out of them this year. You may see the beginnings of the best out of them next year and into the future.
2: And Tom, listen. Outside of the kicking game, what is your biggest question mark with this team as you're getting ready to start this season tomorrow night? What do you, what do you think the biggest question mark surrounding them is?
12: Yeah, you know, it's going to be the tight end position because you you have a a, a young guy from a small school, Ashland College, um, in Adam Shaheen, who's had injury issues throughout the early parts of his career, and they haven't really had Trey Burton on the field very much, recovering from off-season hernia surgery. Um, he's had a little issue with a groin, a pull, a slight pull of a groin this past week. And so, you know, you talk about all the other weapons. The tight end position is really important for the success of this offense. So those two guys or that, that one position specifically, you know, still has question marks attached to it, and you don't want to go into the season – with something that's important to the success of Mitchell Trubisky still being a question mark.
1: I wanted to ask you, um, how are the players last year? Number one ranked defense, in he had a foul, gave up 17 points a game, lethal under Coach Fangio's uh, system. How are they responding to uh, to Coach Pagano's uh, system? And what are you seeing, Tom? Uh, you know, Coach Fangio likes to confuse people a little bit more, and Chuck likes to get after you a little bit. And I, I imagine football players never mind blitzing, right? <laughs> Well, what's, what's the feeling talking to the guys? What have you noticed from has it changed much, uh, you know, the scheme in reality? What, what can you tell us about the defensive change?
12: Well, I, I know one thing. If you're willing to blitz, you better get to Aaron Rodgers because if you blitz and you don't get to him, then that's trouble. But, you know, the thing about it is the key ingredient here is the effect of Khalil Mack in the locker room on the defensive side of the ball, his ability at both ends scrimmage, how hard he works, and how infectious that is to the other players. Because you have a young, developing superstar in the future in Roquan Smith. You have Leonard Floyd, who should have a tremendous upside now being around Khalil Mack for two seasons. Akeem Hicks on the inside is still a... You have the ability to be very maneuverable with your defensive fronts, and I think that's one thing Pagano likes. He's not going to... A standard lineup the same every style and just try to beat repeatedly. He is going to try to create some confusion on the line of scrimmage. He's going to put people in different positions to try to take effect if he believes there's a vulnerability on the line of scrimmage. But then again, you know, if I was an offensive lineman and I was getting prepared to play against a guy like Khalil Mack. I would be on high alert because if you focus all your attention on Khalil Mack, then you're going to open up an opportunity for Akeem Hicks or Blal Nichols or uh, Eddie Goldman on the on the line of scrimmage. And like I said, Leonard Floyd, he's got the ability to be a double-digit sack guy a, as much as Khalil does. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how. Guys like Roquan and Leonard Floyd develop along with the opportunity to work with Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack.
1: Uh, Tom, we we'll can get you out of here. We only have like a minute left, but uh, I grew up a Buffalo Bill fan. Uh, Yet yeah, I'll tell you, Walter Payton, you know, probably my favorite player of all time. You know, growing up, the memories of him jumping over people and never going out of bounds and, and taking people out, uh, just, you know, it can't do it justice in about 30 seconds or so, but uh, how cool was it uh, to to see Walter up close do his thing like that?
12: You know, I grew up in the Chicagoland area, and from the beginning I got a chance to stand in the huddle with Walter Payton. It was, I was still, you know, a hero worshiper. I, he meant a lot to me, and, you know, his preparedness, his toughness, you know, he never needed a personal trainer to get him prepared for the season. He did everything on his own, and he was just an a, extremely – um great example of hard work, dedication, and what it meant for him to play in the NFL. You know, forget about the Chicago Bears. It was important for him to be a, a, a great pro, and he was the best example of it I've ever seen.
1: How hard was that AstroTurf, man? It looked hard on TV as a kid. <laughs>
12: oh, it was. It, it was nothing more than, a um, you know, indoor outdoor carpeting. 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 Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's what it was. And unfortunately, it just, you know, it left you with some bad turf burns and stuff. But, you know, some guys like Walter, it just made him faster and tougher. All
1: right, uh, prediction for tomorrow night. Uh, what's going to happen?
12: Oh, man, I, you know, I, I think it's, hey, I got to pick the Bears. I have to. I'm, I'm, <laughs> exactly. I'm, ob- I'm obligated to that. But, you know, like I said, I have so much respect for Aaron Rodgers. I, I think he's a great player.
1: Hey, Tom, uh, your class act. Thanks for the time, sir. Hi, right, buddy. The top there, good stuff. Talking Bears, Packers, football there. And we always get all you guys rag on the Bears all the time. There's some Bears love for you people. Mm-hmm. The countdown to NFL kickoff is on. It's probably a good time to give you some uh, some tips. It's back to school. Gambling University. Professor Morenci in the house to give you a couple of uh, couple of uh, lessons that I've learned uh, the hard way. Uh, let's start off uh, with teasers. What is a teaser? Well, uh, whoever came up with the name is actually pretty brilliant because it teases you into believing that it's a better bet. <laughs> uh, but All right, so a teaser is you're add, you able to add six or seven points onto the point spread. So a good example is if you like the Atlanta Falcons uh, this week and they're plus four, but you're like, you know what? I I prefer if I was getting seven or eight with the Falcons. Well, you can. You can get a six-point teaser, and then you can uh, make the Atlanta Falcons uh, plus ten. But the thing is you have to bet um, two. You can't just do it with one uh, game. You have to do it twice. Now, you could do it. Uh, with the total as well. But something that I'm going to teach you guys uh, right now, and I'm always surprised that more people uh, haven't caught on uh, to this, is a good example is this week. I like the Baltimore Ravens and the Philadelphia Eagles on a seven-point teaser. All right, so the Baltimore Ravens are favored by seven points. I, I play a seven-point teaser. That means it's bet down to a pick em. Uh The Philadelphia Eagles are favored uh, by nine and a half points. Um, so a seven-point teaser, suddenly, they only have to win the football game by uh, two and a half or more points. So a field goal win, you win the bet. You get the Baltimore Ravens at a pickup, You get the Philadelphia Eagles at minus two and a half. Now, generally, a seven-point teaser is going to pay minus uh, 130. That's what the odds are going to be, minus 130. So you have to ask yourself, is it more advantageous for me to play a seven-point teaser or a money line parlay. All right, let's do the math. So it's minus 134. Uh, 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 <laughs> no, it's a seven-point teaser. You used to call me What's a lemon the parlay, all the time. <laughs> money line, minus oh, 164. Oh, oh. He's like, Yeah, you see, you We just saved 34 cents. He goes, We by just teaser. You. As you opposed know, to the, the money line. comes out. You now, go, yes, you guys we have losers. to win by two and, and a half with Philadelphia. <laughs> the guy was really funny. Like the way he i just on the money he line. He just out. Uh, so but I'd like, rather uh, take that chance and make he it an you know, 34 cents. He goes, I don't fear the guy that bets a single game. He goes, all these guys, I they think they're sharp because they bet single games. And he goes, there's juice on single games. <laughs> and he goes, I make the money on the juice. And he goes, secondly, he goes, I know. He goes, even if you get hot, Marenzi, and he goes, you'll get hot. He goes, you might win six bets in a row. He goes, you're going to get cold. Mm-hmm. And he basically, and then he went on to say that uh, 97% of people lose. That was his number. He said about 97 he said 95 to 97% of people lose. He said there's a couple of, like, real math nerd wizard guys that have no emotion and aren't fans that are pretty good. And he said "Some there's a couple of parlay players that have, like, a horseshoe up their ass. Right. But generally, like, you add it all up. Like, all right, you win, you lose, you win, you lose. You, it goes back and forth. You're going to end up on a cold streak at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Like, parlays are not dumb people. I'm telling you. Like, you know, big people on the street, like, they they fear parlays. They play mm-hmm. parlays. Right? Like, this yeah. all you can't play parlay thing. Now, it doesn't mean you play 12-team parlay, guys, right? But even, like, finding a nice two-team banger, a nice little three-team banger, like I said, you can really multiply your funds in a quick way. Yeah. Just have –
2: you know, the biggest thing is, guys, whether it's a parlay, single-game teasers, just have a plan. When you go into the weekend, you know, do your research, figure out the couple of games, whether it be one, two, three, just figure out the games you're the most confident in. And then just work backwards and figure out how am I going to bet it if this happens? This. Have a plan. Don't just wake up Sunday morning and be like, oh, this team should crush this team, so I'll go ahead and bet it. Like, have a better plan than that.
1: Um, talking about alternate uh, alternate lines, as Max Smart's asking about alternate lines, those alternate lines are good too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a problem with alternate lines. If you if you think you like a team, the whole thing is, guys, you sort of have to take chances a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, like, if you're really overly conservative, it's sort of like a coach. It's like last night when I said, listen, they're only down by two runs. It's plus 400. Like, you have to take that first step sometimes, and it's sort of like learning to swim, right? It's like, oh, okay, you'll take, you know, you'll understand you're going to lose sometimes. So where I'm going with this, too, and I want to get to it, but well, we can get back to this after is point spreads. Mm. Point spreads. So people are like, oh, you can't play parlays and uh, and um, and one thing I was gonna say about the alternate spreads, guys. One prop I like, Max, is will a team win by one to six points or six to ten points and stuff. Oh yeah. Most games are one or six points, guys, and you get it at like plus three fifty and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we'll take, take a look at that for tomorrow's game. But I'm gonna tell you why point spreads are fraudulent they're 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 placebos that make you feel better but they don't really help you that's right it's like the eye of the it's an illusion
9: want to fly somewhere looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets then call that's right call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere be published travel experts are here 24 7 to help 800-754-4531 800-754-4531 800-754-4531 that's 800-754-4531
4: do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans then you may qualify for new programs offered by the department of education
2: All right, so we'd love you to become the person to win a million dollars in a, a Fanduel or DraftKings tournament, setting your lineups up using the dailyroto.com DFS lineup optimizer. Or you know what? Just join the countless number of people who have already won thousands of dollars playing DFS using dailyroto.com. So if you are playing daily fantasy sports but you're not utilizing dailyroto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL annual pass. Get the faster optimizer. Get the smarter uh, DFS projections and, of course, the better results. The promo code is ACTION. Gets you a 10% discount. That promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. And don't forget, DailyRoto.com. It is where millionaires are made. And welcome in. T-minus 24 hours until the start of the 2019 NFL season. Bears-Green Bay. We'll go ahead. We'll talk about that. But first. Let's check him, Gabe, to see who the hell he's yelling at to get off his lawn today.
1: Hey, you kids, get off my lawn! Hey! Well, let's get him forward. I'm going to say it again. Um, that Max Kellerman gets a free pass because Stephen A. Smith is his wingman. And listen, when you're sitting next to Stephen A. Smith on a daily basis, it's really hard to be the dumbest guy in the room. Uh, but Max Kellerman is actually starting to make Stephen A. Smith uh, seem sane. And you know, dumb is a strong word for Stephen A. Smith. I don't think the guy's dumb. I think he's a hustler. I think he's a con man who's caught his way into a $10 million contract. I don't think he knows anything about sports, uh, but he's clearly, you know, he's clearly an entertainer because he's clearly uh, very, very successful. But at least Stephen A. Smith has some sort of charm about him in an annoying sort of way. But Max Kellerman, I'm not really sure what Max Kellerman brings to the table. I mean, like I was thinking about this, like, like, do you respect my, do you think I got to hear what Max Kellerman has to say about the NBA? No. You think, man, I need a hot Max Kellerman NFL take. No. Like, what does Max Kellerman know? Boxing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and boxers even say, well, he doesn't really even know boxing all that well. Like, you know, boxing. That's sort of Max Kellerman's thing. But here we have Max Kellerman giving opinions on everything. I don't know what the name of the show is. It uh I think it's called uh ESPN's Worst Take. Um is it first take or worst take? I think worst take. ESPN's Worst Take brought to you by Prudential. Uh it actually has a ring to it. So, you know, Stephen A. Smith, you know, we can get into him talking about, you know, NFL players that have been retired for five years. And listen, it's pretty clear that Stephen A. Smith doesn't actually watch sports, so he just reads the script. Well, you'd be surprised it's what a lot of them do. Um Max Kellerman, on the other hand, has gotten a free pass. And Kellerman's level of stupidity is uh, reaching new levels now. As yesterday, Max Kellerman basically stated that track and field athletes are only failed basketball and football players because they weren't tough enough to play football or basketball. That's right. He said they're not very good athletes. They only have fast twitch uh, reflexes. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, all track athletes are failed uh, football players. Yeah, I know a lot of track athletes are big, tall, heavy dudes, right? (laughs) Uh, I guess, yeah. I guess Jesse Owens, Max Kellerman. I'll get serious now. I guess Jesse Owens isn't an athlete as far as you're concerned, Uh, Max Kellerman. I guess Usain Bolt. Is not an athlete. Um, I, I, you want me to go on? Yeah, I, I guess Donovan Bailey is not an athlete. Listen, man, Bruce Jenner uh, might be uh, Caitlyn uh, right now, but, but I tell you what, Bruce Jenner was a hell of a freaking athlete. All right. You know the decathlon is pretty much known jackass as being the world's best athlete. The definition of athlete is right next to track and field. The definition of jackass is right next to Max Kellerman. Track and field they're not athletes. Usain Bolt's not an athlete, huh? And so you're telling me, Kellerman, the only reason Usain Bolt is that, you know running track and made over 130 million dollars doing so is because he couldn't play in the NFL. This might come as a shock to you jackasses in Bristol, Connecticut, and specifically you guys, you clowns over at Worst Take. But just because somebody doesn't play for the Boston Red Sox or the L.A. Lakers doesn't mean they're irrelevant. I guess, you know, in their mind, Lionel Messi is a loser because, you know what, he's not on the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) Cristiano Ronaldo secretly wishes he was on the Denver Broncos. And... Then he'd be a real man sitting in a freaking studio wearing a bunch of makeup. Here's a real man. No makeup, Kellerman. No makeup. None needed. I'm not beautiful and attractive. Unlike you jackals. Oh, and not an athlete. Remember Stephen A. Smith said, I don't want NBA champion being from Canada ever again. Just because. Next time Stephen A. Smith goes off on some anti-racist rant, let's just remind him, that he doesn't want Canada winning just because. He's a xenophobic, right? But like everybody in today's society, you're all hypocrites. But I see through every one of your jackass lies, your scabs, your hustles, you can put on a suit and say, let me be clear as I sit here and talk through my ass that I know nothing about. Let me be clear about tonight's Monday night football game that I can't name three players, but I know everything. And then Max Kellerman will respond as the intellectual. Hey, how's your failed rap career doing there? You want to talk about failures and doing stuff after? There is a failure and doing something after. All right? The only thing you fail at is hot takes. And the only thing I'd like to see is Ben Johnson, Donovan Bailey, uh, Jesse Owens, Carl Lewis, and everyone else tap dance on your sorry ass. Get the hell off my lawn! Hey, you kids! get
3: off my lawn hey you pesky kids that I get rid of. Yeah, it is
2: kind of uh, hilarious that uh, these guys on on all of these shows they basically sit around a table pre-show trying to bounce the craziest topics and ideas off of each other and figure out who what angle are we going to take today that's going to drive and piss people off i mean not not takes that they actually believe but rather what they believe is going to move the needle and get the most reaction and you know what we're to blame because we keep consuming it day in and day out people keep consuming it because if nobody watched then they wouldn't be on TV anymore with these ridiculous takes. But that's what they think moves the needle these days is total crap. Basically, fake news is is what it is. Nobody in their right mind thinks athletes that track and field uh, participants, guys who specialize in it, guys who are world champions are not athletes. It's the stupidest thing we've ever heard. But yet, Max Kellerman gets a million-dollar contract. He gets primetime television because – uh, he doesn't mind being the jackass, like Gabe said. It. And you know what? We're to blame here, Gabe, because we keep consuming it day in and day
1: out. Well, I don't, and I guess I shouldn't talk about him. But I think less and less people are consuming it day in and day out. Yeah. And people talk about, oh, ESPN viewership's down because of politics. They never even talk about politics. I've always said that was stupid. ESPN viewership <laughs> is down because the shows suck. All right? <laughs> The only reason people watch ESPN, and anyone ever watches ESPN. Like, is there one show that I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to watch this show? You watch games on ESPN. Yeah. And then when the game is over, you go away. I don't watch The Hell, I don't give a crap what Linda Cohn has to say. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Oh, Linda Cohn is SportsCenter. And, hey, I'm Kenny Payne with a couple of subtle puns. Yeah. Like, I could do an invitation to everyone. Kenny Payne, welcome to the Sports Center. I'm still here, Chuck. Like, you know, your sarcasm and your dullness is, you know, way, way to ride the same, uh, the same note, Kenny, for the last 20 years. Van Pelt's the only tolerable one. Yes. You know what I mean? He's real at least. He's not. That's him. It's not that. You know, and hey, you're on Sports Center, and coming up next on ESPN, and. Let me be clear. It's like, (laughs) oh, God. (laughs) It's it's not like, it's basically like, I just, like you said, is it worth it for the money? I don't know, I guess. You know what I mean? You know, for me, like I said, I would sell out. I'm not saying I wouldn't sell out, but I'd rather be rich and not be laughed at. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. I'd rather say, "Well, I'm already on. I got this platform. Why don't I be the smart one on TV?
2: (laughs) Why not utilize it and and actually?" I think Kellerman probably
1: feels he needs to keep up with Stephen A. and Cowherd, right? So you're right. He's like, "Well, deep down inside, I know I sound stupid, but this is what I have to do to stay in this little game." That's correct. Yeah. I don't know, like, who watches this stuff?
2: you know what i mean like who takes it seriously though that's the even worse part it's like you can't even be taken seriously when you stay stupid crap like that
1: (sighs) the only show on espn i watch is um rachel nichols show the jump i like Mm. rachel nichols is good um the journey nba season i like her 30 for 30s is the only thing worth consuming yeah but that's that's different that's privately, independently produced. Like, it's sort of, you know what I mean? They do yeah, a great job with the 30 for 30s. <laughs> uh, Jalen and Jacoby's a decent show. Jaylen, I like Jalen Rose. The Jacoby guy's good. You know, Jacoby's very un-ESPN-like. That's why no one knows who he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's, on, he's on an hour a day. He's sort of on that weird two to three. Yeah. You know, he's there with Jalen, and it's a very real show, actually. Uh, yeah, the Jacoby guy's good. I like him. Um Yeah, yeah, but just the whole yeah, yeah, they're not athletes. God is stupid, right? It's like uh and even like you know, Stephen A. Smith is supposed to know about basketball, you don't know anything about basketball. Right? Like that's there's stupid. this whole thing, like they're not really experts on anything besides just they're the not
2: authentic people. either. They're just fake as ass, and that's the thing that drives me crazy.
1: Uh Cab Stewart uh will join us. Um speaking of authentic. Randy Moss will join us tomorrow. Nice. Hall of Famer, Randy Moss, the Randy Moss. Not the horse guy.
10: (laughs) (laughs) If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech.
0: um,
1: Morning after. I see that. Uh, all right, we've got the Rager red at Cam Stewart, who's in uh, Toronto, and uh, the first Chick Fil A is actually opening uh, in uh, Toronto, and uh, there's a, a protest actually. Um, <laughs> there's going to be a big <laughs> protest on Friday night. Oh, great! As uh, people uh, in Toronto want to let Chick Fil A know they're not welcome uh, in Toronto. The Raging Redhead Cam Store is going to be there on Friday night as well, but he's not protesting. Uh, he's he's going for some chicken. What's up, Cam?
14: Or, or I bring a side, KFC, KFC. Oh yeah, yeah, I love
1: the Colonel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I don't respect you coming in on the Colonel's territory. You, like, it's like <laughs> you Kramer. It's like <laughs> Kramer <laughs> and Seinfeld. We don't need a Kenny Rogers. We already got his chicken place on every corner here. We're gonna get Sorry. Kenny out of here. Like,
14: I'll tell you something, Gabe. And I know this, uh, you know, my girlfriend, uh, business writer, remember when uh, all those, uh, the burger shops from the States, the popular one came in, not what was it in n out burger? Or what was the big, big, big burger chain that came to Toronto? Like the first day they had lineups going to to, like the mall. It was like a couple miles long after that, they were done. Like, you know what I mean? This fat will wear off quickly. I'm making a prediction guys. You hear it here. Chick-fil-a will not do well in Toronto. It will not do well. It it's won't. just one of those things. It, it just uh, people are happy with the joints that they got, got. They'll try it for the first time and go, wow, it's a chicken sandwich with pickles on it. Yeah, pickles and mustard. Oh, wow. I've never, I've never had that on a chicken sandwich before. But it's not like you're recreating uh, the wheel here. But uh, anyway, people go for this stuff. And I'll tell you, morenzi it's not going to fly. It'll be one or two times the kids will get into it. And then sales will go down and they'll be shocked going, wow, it didn't work here.
1: I remember when uh, it was a big deal in Toronto. Ooh, Krispy Kreme. They were everywhere. It was yes. on every corner. There's a Krispy Kreme. Now they're yeah. gone already. People are like, man, these things are disgusting. You're right, Gabe. The only one is the factories in my neighborhood,
14: right? They opened up all the ones in Toronto. There's like one Krispy Kreme location left. The Denny's? It's like in the middle of nowhere. It's like, it's like a shopping plaza.
1: Denny's by the bus station is empty. No one goes to yeah. Denny's. Like you said, people You're right. are, yeah, it, it won't work. Popeye's is popular in Toronto, though. Oh, yeah, they sponsor the Raptors. Yeah, Popeye's. There's a Popeye's on, like, every damn corner in Toronto.
14: Buddy, where I live, I can probably go to, you know, after I leave this show, you'd give me 20 minutes in a car. I could probably hit about four
1: or five Popeye's. Yeah, but you know what it is? It's that one chain. They own the world. Mm. Like, basically, they own everything except Starbucks and McDonald's. Like, the same people own Burger King, Tim Hortons, Popeyes, and uh, there's another one. I guess Wendy's is independently owned. Yeah. Um, or not independent, but whatever. Um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, they 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 own it all. So uh, the raging red Hat uh, that Cam Stewart uh, with us, uh, Cam. Uh, we're getting ready uh, for for NFL uh, football uh, right now. Which is we had Tom Taylor on from the uh, the Chicago Bears uh, earlier talking about uh, nice. tomorrow night's uh, football game. What are you looking at uh, this week?
14: Uh, this week, uh, I, I put a couple bets in, Gabe. Uh, I told you, uh, for people who listen to the show, we did the triple header yesterday morning. Uh, uh, we did the afternoon show with you and, and in-game live with uh, Hunter last night. So Detroit was a popular play. I know you read me the story about that guy that almost put in that $3,600 bet. It's, it's the bet that I've made. I've also done multiple teasers, uh, knocking down the Eagles. Uh, one site had nine, so down, down to two. I see nine and a halves and tens out there. So basically I'm just doing some of those, maybe a couple round Robin parlays, but I like the Eagles and you know what? You convinced me on a game. I'm with the New York giants. I don't think Dallas is going to cover that number. I'd love to see the hook go up after the signing of Ezekiel Elliott, maybe get a seven and a half and an eight there. And I'll be putting the giants in. Multiple things as well. As a Seahawks fan, I really worry about that spread with Cincinnati too. They have a history of winning those games, but barely. Like 10 points seems like a lot of points for Seattle to cover, even though the Bengals, uh, they don't, you know, the Bengals don't have AJ Green and they got problems there. But Seattle kind of, they they kind of win those games, but don't cover. Gabe, maybe uh, teaser material, but I won't be laying the 10.
1: New York Giants getting seven points uh, right now. It's interesting because there was a seven and a half that popped up. Yet, it just, it's not moving, even with the arrival of Zeke Elliott uh, right now. Maybe when it's official and always starting and all that type of stuff. Yet, I don't know. It seems like you know more of the quote-unquote sharps uh, like uh, the New York Giants in this spot now. So, uh, the uh, Detroit Lions are laying two and a half points. You've been pretty vocal about feeling that uh, Kyler Murray is going to be a failure in the National Football League. Here's your chance to step up in week one. What are you feeling about this this Lions uh, game against Arizona? Yeah, I think
2: the Lions, if they don't win this, they should just fold up the season, sell the team, and maybe we should rename it because there is, uh, there is no excuse with Matt Patricia and the Lions to lose this game against that defense. Forget about the offense. That defense of the Cardinals could very well be some of the worst that we've seen all year, and if Matt Stafford and company can't can't jack them up for points in this game uh, enough to where they not only cover but win the game. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'll change my opinion and say the Detroit Lions could very well be the worst team this year in the NFL.
14: Camp. I'm all over
2: to Joe, nice
14: to have you back, buddy. I'm glad uh, you're safe and sound. You sound good. You don't look really like a lobster. I told Gabe you're more. Uh, you're you're more brown to me. I'm more red. I love Detroit. I'm <laughs> putting them everywhere. Minus 125, 30 money line everywhere, Gabe. I think the Arizona Cardinals come out. Everyone's going to think, oh, they're going to do a lot of things. They're going to do nothing in this game. I think Detroit's uh, defense will suffocate Murray. Uh, I will say this, though. A lot of Arizona games this year, I think we're going to go probably over the total. Uh, It's not going to take new Jersey or Vegas long to acclimate to that because I think they're going to give up a lot of points, probably one of the worst defenses in the league. Their secondary is horrible, but they might score some too. So I I'm going to be probably looking at overs in Detroit games. uh, sorry, in Arizona games uh, and this week, but I'm more about the side, Gabe, I'm all over the lions. I know that sounds crazy. Like you walk up to the window. I love the Detroit lions, something you probably don't want to say to your ticket taker, but, uh, I am. I'm all I'm all over it this week. I think the Lions are gonna kill them.
1: I, I get it. I get it. And you know, I think what Joe stated is a good point that the um the Arizona Cardinals are going to be so much focus on Kyler Murray and what they do offensively, and not enough talk on a depleted defense. Not to mention they don't have Patrick Peterson either. It's a problem. They got no answer for Kenny Galladay. And yeah. even though Matt Patricia is a moron. Really, I don't see how they don't win this game as well from a personnel standpoint. I mean, on paper, guys, I mean, look at the talent difference. There's a the thing with the Detroit Lions that upsets me about Matt Patricia because the Lions could be good. They like To be. me, the Lions have the same amount of talent. Like, they should be battling in this division with everybody else, right? Like, they could use a couple more players, but they're like, they should be good enough. I mean, if you look at, like, you know, Slay is one of the best DBs in the league. I agree. He's a shutdown corner. Their defensive line is stacked, guys. Like, they it actually is. have, like, five guys. They can rotate. Like, their D-line is very, very good. Their linebackers are in. Eh, but they got a great secondary and a great D-line. Offensively, on Johnson's a freaking stud. Mm-hmm. They don't get him the ball enough. Matt Stafford, we had Last night, Ken, we were talking about quarterbacks. I like Stafford. They have, they have Philip Rivers ranked sixth overall in the NFL. Matt Stafford 17th. Matt Stafford, Philip Rivers, and Matt Ryan are the same guy. Matt Stafford's been on crappy teams. Never had a ground game. Um, Matt Stafford's good. The wide receivers are good enough. Galladay, man, is a freak athlete. Who's damn like and Go- Jones. You know Jones Marvin Jones, nice said. complimentary guy. Yeah, Uh, the Hawkinson kid you mentioned, the tight end that they drafted, has had a nice camp. Exactly. Their old line is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Amendola.
2: Yeah, Yeah, they got some. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It really comes down to their coach. He's useless, and they don't like him, so they're not motivated to play hard. Yeah, it's a real problem because
14: I'm with you. Like we talked about a game when we talked about like totals. Uh, I looked at the Lions' schedule. I understand it's tough, but everybody's schedule in that division is difficult, right? But they should be able to win seven games with that team. Right, Ranieri? Like, you look at it, there's really, when I the weaknesses of the Lions, they always play Green Bay tough. They always play, like, the division. These guys just kill each other. It's just very frustrating, Gabe. You're right. Matt Patricia's a goof. Uh, the The whole thing last year where, you know, he's yelling at the media guy and whatever, and he's talking about personal grooming when the guy's got things living in his beard. It's like, dude, you know, you got to relax a little bit. Just worry about coaching. You know, get the pencil out of year ear and figure it out. Like, that's the thing. you got to get the players' respect. But I still think the Lions can win seven games. I definitely think they're going to beat Cardinals week one.
1: All right. So, we were... there's
2: no excuse not to have a better defense, too. That's your specialty, Patricia. There is absolutely yes. – the, the offense is going to score points with or without you as the head coach. But that defense exactly. better show up this year. All
1: right, here's exactly. somebody NFL props up at FanDuel. Will any team go this year? No. I
2: don't know. Joe, no. Kansas no City is the only team I think that has a shot at it.
1: <laughs> what would uh, it what would the odds? What what kind of odds would you want for that? I'd want to go to go sixteen and zero. I want twenty five plus. Yeah, you know what? I'm actually intrigued by the odds almost blindly here. Forty to yeah. one. That's good. Uh, at forty yeah, that's to one, worth I can. It. I, can you know, I thought it'd be a lot lower than that. Yeah, like blind. And it doesn't matter what team. Will any yeah. team that's go undefeated? Anything. Forty to one. That- yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Better than I thought. I thought it'd be way lower. Uh, will any team go no. 19 and 0? No, no, <laughs> that's 100 no, yeah. to 1. All right, no, well, no. You know, this one. How about this? Yeah, I got to play this because this could happen. Will any team go 0 and 16? Yes, right in my backyard. That that Arizona, happened. Miami, Washington. Between Washington. one of these three, they might Washington. go. Cincinnati. Washington. Cincinnati More? will win a few games. You're right. It's possible, guys, though. Washington could go 0-16. Their schedule is brutal. There's only three games, and we were being nice. Like, that's like, they were being nice giving them three
14: wins. we went through Washington's schedule, and, like, we're going into, like, week 12. We're like, I don't see a win there. Like, we were being nice when we gave them a win. Like, it's tough. I know games are not won and lost on paper, but I looked at the skins, and Gabe and I were like, nope, nope, nope. Bad, lose, killed. Like, it was tough. And the teams that yep. they play, that you know, you think they can get a win with, they're on the road. It's tough for the Skins, man. It's going to be a long season. Fourteen to one. Miami's not
2: winning a game, guys. They're not winning game. That offensive line now, Sands, uh, Tunsil, guys. They. No wonder why they're not playing Rosen, because Fitzpatrick is going to get killed. behind No way they can win a game. No, <laughs> no way point, they actually. can win a game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. maybe they don't. Yeah. People think, oh, they hate Rosen. Maybe you could call. It- hate him and they're like you you know what? To say it? this guy's no. gonna get killed and he's only a kid like yeah That's exactly
2: my you thing is that he can he's not not develop on the him more
1: yeah yeah he's yes.
2: not even on the team by the end of the year he gets traded at some particular point they'll they'll reserve him put him in bubble wrap a team is gonna need him and they're gonna go end up and and let the uh just stockpile as many picks
1: as humanly possible all right the team with the best record in the nfl patriots plus 500 Chiefs plus 750. It's pretty good value for the Chiefs. Eagles' best record in the NFL, plus 950.
14: I need yeah. a little bit more, but I like it.
1: Rams plus 850. Saints 850. Chargers 13 to 1. Browns 15 to 1. Steelers 15. Bears 16. Uh, we went over this. Worst record in the NFL. Miami Dolphins plus 270. That's what the odds makers are saying. Yeah. Okay. Washington. And then Cincinnati, plus 500. Cincinnati won't be the worst. These other teams are worse than them. Arizona, plus 550. Washington Redskins, plus 650. The other day, the Redskins were 850. It's coming down. Yeah, people know. I would take the Redskins and the Dolphins to be the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, both
14: at plus money. It's kind of like a golf tournament in a smaller field. Yeah. You take an eight, you take a six, you win one. Well, because right. Arizona,
2: okay. at the very least, should be able to score points, which will give them a chance to win a game or, you know, steal a game here or there. But that's not going to happen with either Washington
1: or the Dolphins. Here's a, uh, here's, a uh, here's a crap-ass parlay. doesn't pay hey. enough. Miami, Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Oakland... Arizona, Giants, Detroit, Washington, all to miss the playoffs, plus 120. Oh, more. Nah, Detroit could shock people. Yeah, I mean, Detroit, like, wouldn't it be like, you know, would it be a miracle if the Detroit Lions made the playoffs? I don't think so. Giants, baby. Yeah, New York Giants? Maybe. Maybe.
11: Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right
13: That's 855-325-1780. Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. Pat Boone here for Swiss America. According to The Secret War, a new Swiss America white paper, I learned that all banks are now required to spy on you and me. For the government and then report any financial behavior deemed suspicious or unusual. You must read the Secret War. It's free. Truth is, I believe the government's new war against cash is really a war against us all. But the secret is now out. So please get and read the Secret War. Pick up your phone and call right now. 800-932-5517. 800-932-5517.
9: Once again, that's 800-932-5517.
1: That's 800-847-1183. Well, we got a little breaking news. Zeke Elliott's back, but uh, Antonio Brown's upset again. Mike Mayock sent Antonio Brown a letter. And uh, Antonio Brown just posted it on his uh, Instagram. Dear Antonio, as you know, you did not participate in the Raiders walkthrough on August 22nd. Your absence from the practice was unexcused. Accordingly, you are now fined $13,950 pursuant to Article 42 of the NFL collective bargaining agreement and the Raiders club discipline uh, schedule. You were previously fined $40,000 for missing Raiders preseason training camp on August 18th. Please be advised that you should continue to miss mandatory team activities, including practices, games. The Raiders reserve the right to impose additional remedies available under the club's disciplinary schedule, the CBA, and your NFL player contract, including but not limited to additional fines and discipline for engaging a contact detrimental to the club. Sincerely, Mike Mayock. Antonio Mike. Brown posts this and stamps rights over it. When your own team wants to hate, if you can get it up, uh, Joe, actually.
2: Yeah, it's been up since the entire, since we came back. Just can't get anybody to switch to it. Okay, thank you,
1: thank you. Yeah, 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 thank you. Um, (laughs) um, Good good job, Joe. Um, When when your team wants to hate, but there's no stopping me, now devil is a lie. Everyone got to pay this year, so we clear. (laughs) such an idiot. Oh, we're off to a great start. You know, enjoy
14: it, Raiders. I haven't enjoy even played a game guy. yet. I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you, Gabe, you said it. The Buffalo Bills not getting this guy is the best thing that ever happened. Imagine this guy living in Buffalo, too. He's doing this living in California. Could he to be ripping on the city and stuff. The people there would uh, it'd turn on him. It'd be a disaster, dumpster yep. fire. Enjoy it. Enjoy it, Antonio. I got a pick for you, too, guys, before I go. Yeah, bring it on. In tennis. In tennis. I, I've been watching a lot of it. I have futures with Serena. Ben sits at minus 161. If you can find anything under 75, 80 cents versus Vekic. Uh, women's tennis, 12:05. 5 Benson should be able to kill this chick. I've been watching her play. She's very, very good. She took out Osaka, the number one seed in the last match. And Vetic, not too good. Hmm. Benson, B-E-N-C-I-C. So good job, back Vennera, there. Then. Take care, guys. Talk to you at five, games.
1: See you at five. Mark Lawrence and Gamblu. but You know, I like how Antonio Brown's pissed he has to pay. Yeah, I, I, would Antonio Brown be pissed if the Raiders shortchanged him for $54,000? Yeah. That morning after. Yeah, so yesterday I'm like, I said earlier in the day, I'm like, man, you give me Max Scherzer minus 128, come on. Mm. And then, and it was like, Max Scherzer, you give me Max Scherzer at minus 120, come on. And then by the time the game came around, Joe, I actually have it here. Well, 116. Wow. You got Max Scherzer at home. Minus 116. I couldn't pass it up, and you know I bet on the Mets almost every day. So I took him, but the ironic part is Max Scherzer got lit up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, me and Cam, we didn't talk about this, but me and Cam had the under of this game. (laughs) Now, when you look at the final score and you see 11-10, you might think, oh, wow. People don't realize. This was 4 2 like in the eighth inning. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It was because Cam was like, Gabe, we got a chance, man. I'm like, Cam, I see this script every night, bro. I said, there's going to be a bunch of home runs late. I didn't think there'd be 21 of them. (laughs) But yeah, it went from 4 2 guys like in the bottom of the seventh to 11 10. Yeah. I'm done with baseball. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of 12, it. I love 12 this sport, runs in the
2: ninth inning alone. Can you believe that? 12, 12 runs.
1: runs. Ugh. Can't I <laughs> Tonight's like <laughs> the last night of having to bet this crap. Wow. Is there MLS or anything tonight? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm serious. Wow. I'm serious. Let me look it up. There's FIBA. Oh, Senegal and Canada at 3.30 in the morning. I don't even know if we can beat Senegal, to be honest. <laughs> Just saying. When's the U.S. player? Uh, Japan. 8:30 in the morning. Mm. Tomorrow morning. We'll be on. USA minus 29 and a half. I gotta look into this. Joe, the way the U.S. are playing, I don't know if they could beat anybody by 30 right now. Yeah. I think I think this is sort of their are they're favored by name. You know what I mean? Wasn't Tatum hurt, too? Yeah, Tatum's not playing. Oh. Tatum's out for a couple of days, at least. Serbia, minus 22 and a half against Puerto Rico. Serbia is going to be the team that could maybe beat the U.S. The Greek Freaks struggling with the Greeks. Yeah, not good. Ooh, Lithuania. Lithuania and Australia. That's going to be a good game.
11: what's Your story.
0: Go to gamefacegrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audio Boom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere.
1: Tomorrow at this time, we'll be talking and breaking down the countdown to the National Football League kickoff. Is there college football on Thursday night? There has to be, right? Uh, I think it's Friday. I
2: I, I think it's Friday.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They decided to. You're right. It's all NFL. They deferred. Bunch Mm -hmm. of wusses. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the old days, man. ESPN would put, like, a big time, like, it would be like Florida State versus Clemson and stuff on a Thursday night. NC State was a big Thursday night team, the Miami Hurricanes. Basically, ACC football, Joe, was a big Thursday night conference. North Carolina Tar Heels, et cetera. And they would go head-to-head with the NFL. And I remember, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I like this college game better than the NFL game. And it'd have, like, a double <laughs> header on, like, to would be the ESPN mm-hmm. game and then a couple other, you know. CBS Sports Network will do their own thing anyways. Oh, we got Air Force on or whatever. Like, you know, but it seems like they basically tapped out that they realized, yeah, we're just not doing this. We're gonna put the better like Friday like you said, Friday nights become a good college football night. And it used to be, well, we don't want to mess with the high school scene. But Friday looked, dude, Friday night last week. Purdue, Nevada was a Friday night game. Yep. You get those nice Mountain West games, and uh, you get Pac-12 play on Friday nights a lot now. West Coast stuff on Fridays.
3: Yeah,
2: we made a lot of money last uh, Friday college football in game live. So that's.
1: Uh, and what is MAC? Usually Wednesdays. Uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, but. Tuesdays and Wednesdays. That's a little deceptive. It doesn't start until like. Um, it starts like November, after. Right? Um. After uh, October, after the baseball season ends. Gotcha. Because I've always wondered about that too. I'm like, why don't you just do that all year round, right? Like just, be, I'm not saying never play on a Saturday, but like nobody, it's it's genius. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about the Sun Belt or the MAC, all right. I'm just being <laughs> real. We right. do, we're gamblers and aha Louisiana Tech and stuff, but we get it. I, I like them, but I'm just stating on a Saturday afternoon, guys, nobody's watching Bowling Green versus the Ohio Bobcats, bro. Mm-mm. All right, you got Michigan versus, oh, you got LSU and Texas this week. All right, I'm going to watch the, the Miami-U game. <laughs> Miami of Ohio take on the Ohio Bobcats because it's a rivalry game. Nobody cares. Yeah. You drop it on a Tuesday night on ESPN, and it's the only game of the night. Suddenly, there's, like, $78 million on this game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so true. <laughs> and,
1: and everyone knows, ah, oh, this quarterback, yeah, yeah, I know that quarterback, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you're you're, on the, you're in the public conscience, right? Mm-hmm. It's genius. But the, yes. the thing, the reason they don't do it, I wondered about it. I was like, why don't they do it earlier? ESPN has baseball.
2: Oh, they own the, Right, that's right. right.
1: Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's basically when the baseball season ends, all right, first of October, we uh, we were programming, you know what I mean? And then it yep. got NBA comes at late October. So they sort of started. Bam. Like, you'll see, like, sort of, Joe, that first Tuesday. The first Tuesday. And don't forget, ESPN half playoff baseball. So, like, they mm-hmm. get the wild card game. You know what I mean? Like, yep. basically, the next Tuesday after ESPN doesn't have anything, it'll be football.
2: It'll be ready to go.
1: But and let's by be the real. Way. They're going to get higher ratings for baseball than they are a Mac game, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, 48 days, by the way, until uh, training camps for uh, for the NBA.
1: Uh, no, till tip-off.
2: Till tip-off, yeah. Til tip off. Til tip off. yeah 48, 48, yes, 48. Training days. camps, like, oh. Or I mean week. the preseason, rather. Not no, pre-season. no, no. No, tip-off.
1: When is the first game? Tip-off is in 50 days. Now 48 Damn. days. Wow. Uh, the season starts October. I'm surprised it's that long. That it's actually 48 days. The NBA season yeah. starts October the 22nd. Wow.
2: Yeah. So what are they? Two weeks prior? Now? When do they uh, When do they start doing uh, some
1: preseason? Two weeks prior? No, 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 no. No, like, dude, they're probably playing preseason like next week type thing. Wow. Like in, Damn. Like uh, September 15th, September 10th, you know what I mean? Here, let's right. see uh, oh. Raptors preseason. Like the Raptors are playing in Vancouver like next week or something. Really? Yeah. I know. It's fast, Joe. Damn. I cannot believe it's there already. Holy damn. Yeah, 48 days till NBA tip off. I know. Pretty crazy. October 4th and 5th, it looks like.
2: Uh... You got to be kidding. It's less than 30 days away. God damn.
1: (laughs) You got to be kidding me. I can't believe it. Ugh. September thirtieth, Houston starts preseason. I'm seeing ten eight
2: for the uh, for the Raptors.
1: Yeah. Yeah, against the Rockets, right? Yeah, but what is that ten eight? It's October the eighth.
2: October the eighth, and uh, right, I have how many, how many preseason Clippers games the do they? Play.
1: How many games do they play in the preseason? I don't know. You know what's crazy? Like, it looks I, like October. <laughs> Just a couple no, years you ago. So you're right. Like they cut this down. Like normally the NBA preseason is more than four games. Like, I don't know, like if there's some new new deal or something. No, yeah, the like Raptors play down. four preseason games. And basically, wow, they're they're here. So basically they play in Tokyo. Wow. They're playing the Houston Rockets in Tokyo twice. October eighth and October tenth in Tokyo. In Tokyo, damn. Yeah. And then they go back to Toronto. So they have one home preseason game. Okay. And then they come to uh, Brooklyn, and they play at Nassau Coliseum in the Jeez. island. And me and Faz will go. Um, yeah. nah, but I won't go, because fr- this is so stupid. Like, they play a preseason game Friday, October 18th, and then they're opening up the season Tuesday the 22nd for real? Second, right, yeah. It's just dumb. Yeah, I don't know, dude. They must have had something. I swear, Joe, it used to be longer.
2: It, it, it's right. Less than 30 days. There you go. 30 days. Let's go. Here we go. Get, get back don't. on the court.
1: <laughs> I actually don't like this. I'm looking at it's this strange, right now. When right? we get back to football? No, I'm just gonna say, but the Raptors are holding their training camp in Quebec City. Really? Like why? why? Yeah. Yeah. Why? I'm from Quebec, and even I'm like, why? What, what do you what do you get out of this? Like, you're not college kids. What the cultural experience? Right. Like you're the defending champs. We don't have Kawhi Leonard. We don't need more like new stuff. You know what I mean, Joe? Attention, right? Yeah, exactly. like yeah. I don't want exactly yep. like nothing new. Let's keep it simple. And you know, yeah, yeah. Like they're gonna go out in Quebec City now, and it's like, so they're in Quebec City, and then they go from Quebec City to Tokyo, Joe. Damn. <laughs> this is not prepping us for the season, bro. <laughs> it's really not. No. Yeah. I don't like this. Not to mention, like I said, every Raptor player is still drunk. Mm-hmm. Like they're still like, they're still, oh, well, you know, I saw Lowry the other day. He's still wearing like championship gear. It's like, ugh. <laughs> Even me, I'm like, guys, we got to let it go. Like, it's time. Like <laughs> We got to move on, guys. Yeah, yeah. Got it's a like new year. Season. Yep. I'm going to pull a Bobby Knight. Like, I don't want to get embarrassed. <laughs> like, <laughs> I will not have a 7-9 record in this conference. Yep. You will not do this to me.
2: Hard to believe it's 30 days away. Damn, dude.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't picture it now. you going to be getting mm-hmm. dunked on by the Greek freak and stuff. Everyone's going to be payback. <laughs> oh, you guys talked a lot of trash last year. Yep. No, I say bring it on. Yep. I don't know, Joe. Like... Please tell me that this isn't the Raptors' training camp preparation for an NBA season. September 29th to October 3rd at Laval University in Quebec, and then a trip to Tokyo, and then the season starts? Oh. Like, do we have any practices? <laughs> like <laughs> Anywhere near Toronto? Yeah, like, no, I'm just saying, like, are we just meeting? Like, hey, I'll see you guys in here. I'll see you in Tokyo. Like, are there, like... Wow. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt, Joe. Here that they I'm gonna give them the benefit that they know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this looks like on my band's itinerary. Yeah, yeah, Four days, we'll see you here, and then see you later. It's like it's like us. We prepare for a tour. It's like two days of rehearsal. The That's Raptors great. are. I've never seen this. The Raptors That's are getting ready for an NBA season. Three days and come back. A little uh, two days against the Rockets in Tokyo. Like, I'm sure them and the Rockets will be focused on basketball out there, Joe. (laughs) We're going to have, like, Geisha girls, and Harden's going to go to town. And, like, oh. Yeah, getting
2: ready for the season, all right. And then
1: they go play their last game in a hockey arena on Long Island. This makes perfect (laughs) sense.
2: All right, time to get in the game with a DraftKings Sportsbook account where, you know, listeners of this show, you guys can get a deposit bonus of up to 500 bucks right now. Here's how it works. Just create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, and then place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it with a 50% bonus of up to 500 bucks. Now, this offer, eligible to all users plus new users, you get a risk-free bet of up to 200 bucks. SportsGrid.com forward slash DK is where to go to play. That's SportsGrid.com forward slash DK. But act quickly. The offer won't be around forever. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See the website for
12: details.
1: Uh, Thank you very much, uh, Joe Ranieri. All right, we'll get back to the NFL. uh, But uh, quickly, we'll just uh, give you another uh, tip. We'll go back to gambling you uh, right now. Um, if you're new to the game, you're often going to hear um, the terms money line, point spreads, uh, yeah. point spreads, money line, and uh, money line very similar to uh, to baseball uh, betting. Um, if the you know the Dallas Cowboys are hosting the New York Giants, the game isn't going to be a pick 'em. You'll have to lay a price to to win on the money line, or of course you can take the point spread. Now. We generally think of NFL and football betting and point spread terms only. It's very rare you'll hear people talk about money lines. You know, you know what I mean? Like Jimmy DeGreek and Pete Oxelm didn't used to say, you give me the Pittsburgh Steelers, minus 175 on the money line, right? They'd say, you know, give me the minus the seven, minus the three. Everybody knows these key numbers and you hear these point spreads. You'll often hear people, and I do it all the time. I do it all the time. You'll often hear people say, wow, I like this game if I'm getting five, but I don't like it when I'm only getting two. (laughs) And we hear this all the time, Joe. But the fact of the matter is, point spreads are all psychological. They're like a placebo. It's basically, you think there is protection, yet ultimately, there can be protection, but this could blow people's minds and It's not just from last year. This is basically over the last five to seven years or so, this consensus has begun to take shape in which, guys, 82% of the time, the team that wins covers the point spread. As in, only 18% of the time, generally, will a team lose the football game and cover the point spread. So oftentimes, you're leaving money on the table. You know, you're leaving money on the table in which while I like the New York Giants plus seven, for an example, against the Cowboys, but I don't think they're going to win. Well, they're probably either going to win or they're going to get blown out and not (laughs) cover because 82 percent of the time, Joe, that's what happened. In fact, it's even 85 percent of the time. And this goes back years. And, in fact, in the Super Bowl out of what? We've had like 53 Super Bowls right now. It's, it's literally like 47-6, and six, like only six times in the history of a Super Bowl is a team lost and covered a point spread. <laughs> you know, the Denver Broncos were underdogs against uh, Carolina. They won the game outright. The Philadelphia Eagles are getting four points against the New England Patriots. They won the game outright. You didn't need the points. You feel good with the points, but you don't need them. 82% of the time, Joe Ranieri. That's my gambling. Mm-hmm. You tip to people today.
2: That's correct. Yeah, and and understand. And that's another thing. Understand the whole three and seven. Like we say key numbers, but I I don't think maybe sometimes people understand why why three and seven. Why are we keying in on those numbers so many times when it comes to spreads? And the reality is that's that's where that's that's how they score the points, guys. Usually, I think between three and seven. Uh, About 20% of the time, I think, is basically what you're going to get is a team either winning by three or seven, somewhere in that ballpark. So a half a point, there's a big difference between two and a half and three, guys. I mean, like night and day sometimes. So that's why we say shopping all the time. Make sure you're betting numbers. You're not betting teams. Forget about what the jersey says. Make sure you're getting the best number when you guys are betting, especially when it comes to spreads.
1: So last night on uh, In Game Live – I bet uh, the uh, Washington Redskins win total under six. And it hasn't moved. I'm surprised, actually. I thought not that I would move it, but now that the season's approaching, that the people would start to move this. Yet, you know, you've got to show patience, and something that I normally don't have, actually. Surprised I'm actually doing this, but um, I'm going to do it again when I get back out there today. I'm just going to keep loading up on this as... I don't believe there's any hope in hell. I don't think there's a hope in hell that the Washington Redskins win seven football games this year. If they win six, I get a push, and I don't think they can win six. talked about this a lot uh, over the last couple of days. If you look at the Redskins' schedule, uh, the wins are going to be few and far between uh, for these guys. And listen, you know, you can never really call this out on paper. They got to play the games, and I don't like playing. Well, they're going to win this game. They're going to lose that game. They're going to win this game. They're going to lose that game. But ultimately, they're going to lose more than they're going to win. Mm. Uh, Case Keenum's their quarterback. They have a bad offensive line. Their best offensive lineman isn't there. They have a 34-year-old running back and Adrian Peterson. Uh, Darius Geis always gets hurt. Uh, they have no wide receivers. Um, You know, basically, Gruden's tapped out. He's like, oh, I'm numb to it all now. He knows what he's in for. Case Keenum's going to suck, and then people are going to want to see Haskins. And Haskins has a nice arm, but Haskins is the type of kid that needs to be surrounded with a ton of talent. So he's going to be a nightmare. It's really a disaster. And mm. listen, they've got a couple of good players on the defensive line. They've drafted kind of well on the defensive side of the football over the last couple of years. But it's just, it's like the Titanic, man. It's a sinking ship. There's too many holes all over the place. And if you look yeah. at the Redskins' schedule, week one, this week, they're at Philadelphia. I generally don't like laying nine and a half, ten 10 points in a football game. But I think Philadelphia win this game, Joe, by 17, 14, yeah. 17. Like, Cam said, you know, Cam said 28-9. Cam was like oh. a weird scorer like that. I get it. I'm thinking the same thing. 31-10, mm. 34. T- they might kill them actually. Like Carson Wentz is back, so he might want to show off and get it going. You know what I mean? Hey, remember mm. me, everybody? And like, it would not surprise me if the Eagles won this game like 44-7. But mm. uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say uh, 34-14. How's that sound? Mm. 34-14, so- Eagles. Yeah. Well, think
2: about this, too. First of all, every Washington game, guys, I would look to bet the unders if you can, because they're not going to score any points. The quarterback situation is a nightmare. Their wide receiving options are a nightmare. The offensive line, they have a decent defense. But I would look to unders, especially in this game, 47, 46 and a half. All the points are going to come from Philadelphia. They're not coming from Washington here, guys, especially going up against that defense. I'm shocked it's not double digits. To be honest, if this was week, well, it eight was or yesterday,
1: nine, it, it was OK, it yeah, was, yeah, 10, was and it came back down. The total's is yes. 45 and a half. I hear you say, listen, it's, it's week one. So Washington aren't going to be completely terrible they're going to look to run the ball a lot, right? Yes, yeah. uh, this week. They're going to look to run the ball with Peterson and with Geis. And good call. I'm not going to bet the under, but I understand your logic. Uh, I, get, I get your logic. Um, yeah. So, for me, so like I said, they're not winning this game. And no. I know that the Dallas-Washington, uh, it's always a rivalry, but still. Dallas are going to go into Washington and beat them. Then Washington hosts the Chicago Bears. Nope. They're not going to have fun with that defense. Then they're at the New York Giants. The Giants, It's a winnable game for the Giants. The Giants will be all fired up to win this. Yep. Then they're versus the Patriots. They're at the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's give them that. At Dolphins. Yes. Even yes. though let's I don't think it. they will win, but let's just say. <laughs> let's give it to them, right. All right, versus San Francisco. No, I don't see how that, no. no. Let's give them one between those two, so that's fair. Okay. So they're essentially at one win. Um, at Minnesota Vikings, yeah, good luck with that. At Buffalo yeah. Bills, they'll get murdered no. in Buffalo with that defense. Crushed. Yep. Um, versus the New York Jets. No. Jets are going to beat them. Versus the Detroit Lions, maybe. They should okay. them. Yeah. Debatable. Let's right. give them a win. That's two. Okay. At Carolina, No. At Green Bay on uh, Sunday, December 8th. Yeah, good luck with that. (laughs) Versus Philadelphia. No. Versus New York Giants. And then the season ends December 29th at Dallas. Like I said, if you want to be nice and play Santa Claus, I could give the Redskins three wins. And Mm. I'm not even, I don't know, you know, that's like I said, I'm being nice here, Joe
2: four if Cam Newton's already out by that time of the year and uh, and he's not playing because he's hurt already. They so. could
1: maybe beat the Giants in New York. Okay, we'll give them a could maybe. I don't give think one, they will. Right? Nope. They could beat the Dolphins in Miami. Mm-hmm. They could beat the Detroit Lions maybe in Washington. That's home. Yes.
2: Yeah, so okay.
1: Three. I If you want to play argument's sake, they could beat Buffalo. I don't think they can, but no, no. Four? They're not going to beat. No. no. So, like I said, you want to give them another one? Five? five. Fine. God, They're not getting the six, bro. Mm-mm. They're not. And listen, I don't generally want to, like, have all this money not in action for this long. But it'll be in action. And I'd rather make money. It's one of these deals where, hey, I'm going to have it. I'll put it in the drawer. And uh, I'm just going to count it up. But I imagine, Joe, I might have to wait to get paid. But we'll see. FanDuel might be cool. Maybe they'll say, Oh, like, I don't want to get cocky, but I'm just saying I might have to wait for the money, but I think I'm gonna know pretty early, Joe. Yeah. They're mathematically yeah. gonna not be able to get there fast. <laughs> I would say week eleven. You should yeah, be able yeah, like, to collect your ticket. Week yeah, eleven. Like two you months be in, in to go. I'm going to be like, ah, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, They're, yeah, they're going to have to go eight and two. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well,
2: like, listen. I mean, who do you like better? I got Giants over six. So who do you like better to win six games, Giants or Washington?
1: Oh, Giants by
2: far. Jackpot.
1: But it doesn't mean I love the Giants to go over. But I think I think the Giants are better than Redskins. Yeah, I think they
2: got seven in them at least.
5: That's Y-O-U-T-H to 3 2
7: I had great results. I lost 70 pounds. I weighed 265 and went down to 195. My doctor told me, if it works for you, then do it. A lot of people say to me, how did you lose the weight? I said, I take Andro 400 every day. I'm going to take it forever. That
8: was Walt talking about Andro 400. Now listen to what Bob has to say.
7: When you listen to your radio commercials, you say, that's not possible, but since I've experienced it, your commercials aren't strong enough. I am
8: Four hundred zero four three five eight 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 four hundred zero four three five. 435 888
6: 400 435 andro 400com Now 100 is not a lender, broker, or agent of any lender or financial advisor. We do not make loans or credit decisions. You must be 18 years or older and a U.S. resident to qualify. This is not an offer or solicitation to lend. I went to MoneyNow100.com and got the $5,000 I needed deposited in my account the next business day. If you need money for any reason, help is here. Go to money Type in the address bar moneynow100.com. That's money now, the number100.com.
1: Continues. Get on the grid, the sports grid. Uh, week one NFL. Everyone's getting uh, very excited. Um, especially tomorrow. We'll jump in. We'll start blasting through all the games. We'll get some, uh, we'll get a DFS guest on for tomorrow to talk about the game. Well, that'll probably be on the uh, game time decisions, but let's get a fancy guy on for Friday morning. Get people ready from a DFS perspective. I don't care about your season long team. Um, nobody does. Um, but uh, DFS is another uh, another story. You know, that that's for money and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm. I hate the old, should I start this car or that car or this car? Like, I know, dude, people ask me about, like, should I make this trade for that trade? It's like, dude, the season, season hasn't started yet. Like, why <laughs> would you want to trade people if you just drafted them? Like, if you like <laughs> your team. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, it's not- uh, what is the deal
2: with the game you're going to? I... I- it opened up the lowest on the board. What? They're not expecting a whole lot of offense uh, at MetLife there on uh, Sunday?
1: Nah, it's too low. It feels like it'll
2: get there. Right? 41 points? It, like, it opened up 38 and a half. Like, are you serious?
1: It's a tough game. It's a t- tough gotta game. You got to believe they can both score in the 20s, no? Yes, yes. I think it's too low. This game's not going to be 13-10, bro.
13: Right. That's Josh Allen runs
1: team. over people. Le'Veon Bell is going to be making plays. The Bills' defense—both these defenses are good—but it's the modern NFL. I think there's right. a perception that, like, the Bills' offense is like, you know, like snail pace type thing, which really won't be the case. now I mean, they—they—they they, they paid Cole Beasley, John Brown, all these guys a lot of money to use them. You know. Yeah. Here's um, here's something interesting. Here, I was—I've I've been looking, and I don't know if anyone can find it. You know. I don't know everything, guys, and it's annoying. I only have so many hours in a day to look this stuff up. And I've been trying to find this. I'm looking for week one coaches, ATS trends. Mm. Find find like preseason. I don't know. It's freaking annoying. But uh, here's quarterbacks. Here's some interesting stuff. Joe Flacco is 8-3 against the spread in week one. You know what that tells me? John Harbaugh's eight and three against the spread of week one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Harbaugh. Yeah, and in fact, Baltimore guys, like remember we told you Baltimore, they've won, they won 16 consecutive preseason games. Uh they're also they've also won three straight uh, week one games. Okay, it <laughs> continues. Another little angle here. Maybe tomorrow we're we'll just gonna these angles at you left and right, but another angle is Undefeated teams in the preseason. Undefeated teams in the preseason when getting points. Very profitable, Joe. And uh, the Giants are in this spot. The Buffalo Bills actually went undefeated in the preseason, too. Now, over mm. the last 10 years, teams that go undefeated in the preseason actually average 7.8 wins a year the next year. That wow. year. Which... Would be over for the Bills and the Giants. That would put them both over their win total. The Bills and the you know the Bills and the Giants both were undefeated. Yep. Um, undefeated. It's crazy. In the in the preseason. Yeah, I think.
2: Uh, um, I hate the I hate the Bills and the Jets being Week One. I mean, it's it's good from the standpoint of at least we'll both have an idea of exactly what these teams look like in the future. But it's it's so hard to pull anything out of that. Going all right, well they they're going to know each other, but you got first time head coach there in in Gase, but Gase also knows the Bills because he's played you know he's played against them in Miami a couple of times each year and didn't do well. I, I, well I wish them. this. Yeah, and I just wish this was like a week five or six game as opposed to week one. But at least both teams will have a pretty good idea of what uh, where they stand, I think, going up against each other.
1: Well, this is the NFL's fault in which I don't know if it's a fault, if it's by design. I agree mm. in a sense that it should be like college football where you should almost go out of conference in the first right. game. You know, you give people a little bit of not because if, you know, it's not so much, oh, you're scared. The problem is who you're playing. Like, if you, you know, like, even in conference kind of sucks. Like, what's a non-conference game? Who's playing, like, from different conferences? San Francisco, Tampa. No, no, they're in the same conference. They're both in the NFC. Oh,
2: you're talking out of count. Got you. Let me see.
1: Uh, Like, Seattle and Cincinnati. Okay. Seattle and Cincinnati is a good example. Like, if Seattle and Cincinnati lose the game, it sucks for them, but it doesn't, like, ruin their season. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like, oh, God. Like, basically, like, if you're the Giants or the Cowboys, you lose. You're already down a division game. It's brutal. Like, it's like the math. It's like losing twice. Like, you lose Mm -hmm. to a non-conference opponent, and it doesn't... I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but it's not part of the tiebreakers later, because basically in today's NFL, there's always going to be a bunch of teams with 9-7 and tennis. There's only 16 games, so therefore... You're going to have identical records often, guys. And it comes down to division play and your conference play. So if you're going to lose in the NFL, very similar to college football, if you're going to lose, you want to lose out of your conference, out of your Office. division, and yep. you're putting somebody's teams in a tough spot. But I don't know, man. It seems like the NFL is doing this purposely this year. Philadelphia, Washington – uh, mm-hmm. Dallas, New York, the entire NFC East are playing each other. The Packers yep. are playing the uh, the Bears. There's there's a million, there's a million division games.
2: Yep. Very interesting. And then uh, of course, uh, you know, Kansas City, Jacksonville too, as well. Everyone's going to be watching. That's already the most heavily bet game on the card here.
1: Which one? Kansas City and Jacksonville. Jacksonville?
2: Kansas City. Yeah.
1: What about the game?
2: It's one of the most. It's it's got the most handle so far of uh, of the game. People have been betting this game since the line came out. Uh, you know, over a month ago, everyone's been looking
1: forward to this game. Well, who do you like? But what's the point of the game, though? <laughs> like, what do, yeah, who do well, you like? It,
2: it opened four and a half. I I I'm looking at Jacksonville in here getting three and a half points. It's actually down a little bit. It opened up. They were getting four and a half. They've now they're now getting three and a half. And I don't think I don't think this is another one of those games where they're expecting 52 or more points. Like I don't. I don't see how either one of these defenses is going to allow 52
1: points in this game. Yeah, I would lean to the under in this game. Uh, it's down to 51 and a half now. Mm-hmm. You know, Kansas City have a lot of hype. They averaged 35 points a game uh, last year. But, yeah, Jacksonville are going to look to slow this game down and play, play physical. Wrong. Yeah, It's three and a half for right now. I think Kansas City are going to beat them. I think Kansas City are lethal. It'll mm-hmm. be one of these games where Kansas City will just be happy to escape, though. Like, you know, people yep. people will be like, oh, I told you Mahomes, his numbers aren't going to be the same and stuff. But Mahomes doesn't care about his numbers. They just want to get an early W here. I think they will. I, I agree. I don't think it'll be – I don't see it being uh, that high scoring of a game.
2: And keep an eye, too, Jacksonville, by the way, has um, they have a day off now because of the hurricane. So they are going to they are going to miss a day this week of preparation for Kansas City because of the hurricane.
1: Now, one thing that's a big common theme and a lot of these trends, you can't you don't want to get carried away um, with trends, but some of them are pretty substantial. And you got to you know, it's tough to learn how to read read between the lines, so to speak uh, with these. But division dogs are a big one. Oh yeah. Like division week dogs one. in week one <laughs> they are very big because basically they're listing the number they're listing the number of previous years, so to speak. Right? Like the New York Giants were really bad last year, and so now they're getting seven against the Cowboys. But yeah, division dogs, I'm trying to find these numbers, but I got a million of these things popped up here. It's annoying. Ugh. <sighs>
2: week one, I think, since what, 2005, 112, uh, 106 against the number? Does that sound about right?
1: No, this is more specific than that. Mm. Oh, I could find it. This one is wrong. What the hell is this? I got people telling me, oh, this guy's telling me the Redskins are going to win more than six games. Well, don't tell me. Go oh. bet it. Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: <laughs> That's exactly. the whole thing. Like all, all these it. people always tweet me stuff. And listen, I'm all into... Uh, I'm pretty, I've been pretty nice on Twitter to people, to be honest, mm-hmm. over the years. But, like, when I tweet something often, guys, it doesn't mean I want your opinion on it. I don't care. Like, I don't <laughs> want to be a jerk and stuff, but, right. like, you know, if you tell me, oh, you're wrong or whatever, go bet it, bro. Yeah. Your money's already in. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't mind if you have, like, an interesting comment for me and, you know, oh, I know, good point and stuff, but. Like I get people, or I, another another thing people do is the, they they're big on explaining things to me. Oh, you know oh, it's yeah. contracts up stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I had someone else, cause I tweeted out yesterday too. I'm, I said, oh, I'm going to the Bills Jets games. Looking forward to sitting in the suite. Mm. And then um, somebody tweeted me, first ever time in a suite. Oh god. It's like yeah, I've been in the sports industry for 18 years, Joe. I've never been in a press box or suite before. <laughs> I guess yeah. I wasn't allowed to be excited to be going to the Bills and Jets game in a suite, right? Like, exactly. You know, when I tweeted the picture, I didn't ask your opinion of the Bills Jets suite. I don't care if you do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, do you see me tweeting anyone? Like, who are you betting on this week? I don't care. Uh, here it is. Since yeah, since 2014, mm-hmm. uh, week one uh, division dogs: 11, two and one. Against the spread. So the last five years, division dogs. Wow. That would put the Packers, the Giants, the Redskins, the Bills, Bills, and the Broncos. They're your five Mm. in that role. 11-2-1 in the last uh, four years. 11-2-1 against the spread. Division road dogs in week one. Big rivalry games. They know each other. Usually, there's a revenge situation, too. Yep. Um, And I'll tell you what. I think the Packers are going to cover. I think the Giants are going to cover. I think the Bills are going to cover. I think the Broncos are going to win. I think the Redskins are the only ones that don't. And if I had to say, I bet you out of this five, you'd go three and two at worst. Because I think at worst, I think maybe the Redskins don't cover, and then maybe the Bills don't cover. Because it's only three points, guys. They could lose the game by four points. Wouldn't be shocking if they lost 21-17 or 24-20. Uh, but you know, you brought it up the total. I think they will get over that number. They're probably going to get into the 20s, Joe. Right. That's right. Seems like, low. To both me. teams. on mm. Bell. You got to remember too, the Bills have a good field goal kicker, Hoshka. They will like try long field goals. Yep. I say I would I would lean lean uh, with the over. Don't love it. Well, what
2: would you go? Would you money line the uh, the Packers, Eagles, Bills kind of thing? Who do you think who do you think wins outright of those uh, of those dogs?
1: Packers, Packers, right? Yeah, I think the Packers. You know. Yeah. Packers, Eagles, Cowboys. The Eagles aren't losing that game. No.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Right. I, don't like the, is, I don't know. what point is when I said
1: when I said throw out the points spread, it, it doesn't mean get stupid and start like you know all right, we're <laughs> taking a red got the money line. What yeah. it means, like, if, okay, like, a good example is, like, if you like the Falcons, just take them plus 172. Right. Yep. You know what I mean? And yep. yes, you might get screwed and go, oh, man, they won. They lost by three. Ah, oh, Morensi said it had the points. <laughs> yeah, well, what about the other 10 games? Like, guys, <laughs> when you're taking the money lines, it doesn't take much for this stuff to add up quickly. Yep. Plus 172, you hit and say, oh, look, Tennessee beat Cleveland. Plus 200. (laughs) Right? Like, it doesn't take a lot of these money lines to hit. Continue more strategy on game time decisions and picks. See you later, Joe. Be good. May the winners be yours. Let's talk about Mitch Trubisky and his development and what you expect uh, from him uh, this year. He seems to be a polarizing quarterback, at least from an outside uh, perspective. I don't think a lot of people realize how athletic he is. And I saw an interview with Lawson on on the Bengals, the rookie from last year. And the kid ended up with like eight and a half sacks. And he was on the NFL Network. And they asked him, who was the easiest quarterback in the league to sack when you played him? And he said he sacked Rodgers a couple of times. And he said, no disrespect to Rodgers, but there's their plays take a long time to develop. And he said, I, I was able to get there. He said, when we played Trubisky, he said, man, the dude's big. He's fast. They get rid of the ball quickly. Um, it seems like there's a respect factor with players. And when I see Trubisky, I'm like, man, look at that bullet he just threw. Um, I mean, he makes some really athletic plays. I, uh, I still think there's a ton of upside with him right now. People forget he only played 13 games in college. What are you expecting uh, from him this year, and what is he going to add to the offense, Tom?
12: You know, he understands the offense a lot better than he did a year ago. It's the first time in four years that he's been in the same offense two years in a row, and I think that helps any quarterback because you it's e- not easy, but you can say the terminology within the huddle, but do you have to know how it exactly fits the other ten guys in the huddle? And that's where Mitch has improved the most. Now, if he can go out there and trust what he's saying he, and if he can have trust and faith in his arm and his ability to get to the ball the receiver his upside is tremendous because he has that rpo portion of the offense now and if a player gets out of position he's got the willingness to keep it he's really creative with his feet and he runs the ball really well and it puts a lot of stress on the edges of any defense um, so um, he really and he's got uh, as Matt Nagy says, a buffet of weapons from Patterson to Allen Robinson to Tariq Cohen, to Adam Shaheen, to Taylor Gabriel. And then we mentioned the running back position. So there's all kinds of weapons he has the, the ability to use out there.